I am unashamed. What about you? Okay. So we're about, you know, we're getting close to Christmas Day. and uh, Don't you love this time of year? I love it. Ducks, and deer. It's always, for us, it's, I guess it's different. I mean, everybody has their own Christmas traditions, things they do. Family. Uh, I mean, we had all my family. I mean, our family at my house, which I don't know why we were at my house. On Thanksgiving? Yeah, on Thanksgiving. Well, because Willie had, had Willie and Corey oh, wedding. normally host, but then they had the wedding, which so was, were, you talk about a, I mean. He, he was tired. Grief. Willie went to Israel, came back, then had the wedding. Yeah. A thousand people at his house. So that's the first time I saw him. I mean, he looked weathered. <laughs> he was, Who's that? Willie. Willie he was rum dumb the other night. I mean, he was just. It's, I was like, it's a wedding that took six months to pull off. Yeah. Landscaping, concrete walls, level ground, dirt uh, haulers. Did you see the four foot wall? Where that tent, we were on a four foot plateau that yeah. he created. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. And Jason, if I, he does this with each one of his children, no, it'll be like a city. Well, no, here's what I thought though, because Sadie is unique, and so I thought to myself, because John Luke's already got married, and that was a big deal, but that was on the show, and I guess they probably helped with that. But well, it was a big deal. It was this, a big deal. This other, other but I night. thought to myself, Willie and Corey. Probably, I mean, they love all their kids, but nobody but Sadie would ever get what we saw the other day. She's just unique. Well, I don't it know. seems weird to say. But it's true. I mean, I yeah. told that to Bella. I was like, Bella, don't expect to get this. I mean, you know, by, by the time you come along, by the time you get married. I've been to a lot of weddings I've never seen. I felt like I was in some kind of Hollywood movie where they transformed the actual earth <laughs> into a Star Trek. What did they call those things that you'd go A hologram. A hologram. Holodeck. It, it, I think no, I think it's a hologram. Well, no, it's a holodeck was where you go to the deck to see the yeah. hologram. But no, I thought the same thing. My what I said was, uh, you remember *Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe*? You know when they went through the the uh, clothing deal there, they they went through the thing, and then all of a sudden they're in Narnia. That's the way I felt about yeah. that. It felt like a transport. But anyway, all this happened during the Christmas season, and so our Christmases, I, I think, are always kind of centered around hunting. Um, you know, it's always kind of been that way. It's the only day well, you take food, off. And food. And Food's a big yeah, deal. Chris, well, you know what? I didn't go Christmas Day when my kids were little. That was, I told, you know, Missy was like, I mean, come on. We don't want to wait for you to get in from hunting. But when they got older, and my two boys now, they're, you know, one's in Nashville, one's at Pepperdine. One's married. And Mia's 16. Well, look, she don't, if she's not going to school, no, they're all sleeping until noon. Right. I don't care Christmas Day, whatever. So it's perfect for me now. I'm back. It's kind of come back around. I go hunting, and I invite them to go. Yeah. Of course, they always decline. But if my boys are here, they'll go with me, and it's kind of a new experience. Yeah, a new you tradition know, with that. So we never really were in that much into, you know, especially when we were younger days. We never were into gifts and all that too much. Dad was, Dad's not a real holiday shopper. You know what's crazy? Is that fair no. to say, Dad? You're not a holiday Phil, shopper. I don't know if you've ever bought us a gift. Have you ever, have you ever bought a Christmas gift? Uh, I I can just count on a few hands on when I've shopped. Yeah. But most of the time, I have what I want to get, and that's and that was back years ago. When's the last time you walked into in the, the mall? Decade, I, I, When's the last time you walked into the mall here? In, never. In town. Never that I remember. <laughs> I, I've never been to the mall. <laughs> 
That's quite a statement. That's the statement. That's, that's right up there with I don't know what a cell phone is. Have you ever right? got walked into Hobby Lobby and just you nope. know looked around? Nope, I've never. When we visited the home the, office, right, and they took me into they have like a mock store, they had a mock store, and yeah. I said I looked around and I said, "This is what I see." I told the guy <laughs> who owned the thing, I said, "What was his name?" Green. Green. I said, David Green. Green. I said, Green. I said, I now know how you became a billionaire because I'm looking at all that stuff. I said, a lot of it, it's hanging in my house. That's right. You recognized it at the house, didn't you? I said, Miss Kay, I know where she shops. I said, but I've never been in a Hobby Lobby, ever. That's right. But it was unusual. Which he wants us to film an episode. There was actually nothing in there. And was there anything in there that you saw that you thought, man, I got to have it? Well, in jest, I looked over there and I went into the woman who does all the ribbons, the tape and the ribbons yep. for whatever people want it for. And and I just asked him, I said, let me make a guess. I bet you don't have camouflage tape. And he said, got a rack for you. And he went over there and he was they were looking around and they found the little section. I saw it. I was with I mean, you. She handles all all tape and ribbons. So even camo was camo there. Camo was there. <laughs> Which is I've funny. always found it fascinating that the world sells all these products on and a lot of these companies that are not pro Jesus, they sell products with the principles that this Bible and people who follow Jesus Christ that they find, you know, that which is the reason we're following Jesus. I mean, we, you yeah. know, all, all these benefits and principles. And you start looking, and you start Googling words like forever and eternity, and it's amazing that people, to take your money, they will put like eternity cologne. You know, I think that's Ralph. Uh, Lauren. Lauren, yeah. And they're, I mean, when you say that, you're just not thinking they're a spiritual Christ-centered bedrock, you know. <laughs> and so I look at that and think. So this cologne lasts forever. But it's, it's not. When you die, you're going you're gonna to stink. Yeah. Which Well, they won't even they, make it two days, and then you stink. If they went on that principle, I might could see it. But it, it doesn't, it's not about that. It's just they take those biblical, spiritual mm-hmm. bedrocks. You know, Oprah Winfrey, she sells hope in a jar. <laughs> That's the name of it, hope, hope in, a, in jar. a jar. You put this cream on your face, and it gives you more than just not looking old. It gives you hope. Give her about 30 bucks. Open a jar. And it and it works. Won't wrinkle. And look, here's the one I found the most fascinating. Charmin, you know, everybody needs toilet paper, right? You'd think they wouldn't have to market that. Well, they came out with a new their big new deal, and this is what I'm getting side for Christmas. They came <laughs> out with Charmin Forever. You say, Well, what is it? I saw it. It was on the stock market show that I was watching. They had a roll of toilet paper the size of a wagon wheel. But here's what's funny. The woman said they, Charmin has a new product. It's called Charmin Forever. Because I was thinking, yeah. So it's a giant roll of Charmin toilet paper. Yeah. You'd never get to the end of it. Well, and then, but here's what the woman said. This is their new product. I'm watching it. And it says Charmin Forever. And then she, the next statement, she said, it'll last you about a month. <laughs> I thought, well, what happened to this forever stuff? <laughs> <laughs> Not as big a role as I thought it was. Don't you think it's a good gift for Sai because he has such bouts with diarrhea, which I don't want to get into. But I'm gonna tell you, he'll go or listen that to by in the a way. week, and he'll say Charmin forever. No, now look, here's the backstory for that. You know why they named it that? Because guess who their number one competitor is? Angel Soft. 
Now, just think about that. Oh, angel salt. How in the world did the people at angel salt determine the softness of toilet paper in the angelic world? How would they know that? Yeah. How do you know that it's angel soft? I thought you didn't even believe in angels, much less God. But you're <laughs> selling paper that has the softness of angels. So you see that, you're like, well, if this is the celestial beings, what they would do, <laughs> I got to have that. I just it's think so it's soft. all a farce. It's all about money, which is really in contrast to what we do. A lot of people think it's all about the gifts, and some people think it's about the gift giver i mean the one who controls the atoms and the molecules that's where you i mean i'm all for giving gifts but i'm not gonna so are you gonna get the forever sharma for side well i am gonna get that for side because so look do you remember that because i want to hear him say forever no do you remember that do you remember the episode on the show where we were filming at the wellness center and we were working out we were trying to get Sai and mom to work out and we went to the pool jeff was on that episode i was on it we went to the pool area and there was a sign that says, if you've had diarrhea in the last seven days, do not get in the pool. Yep, size out. Well, Sai looked at the sign and Sai said, boys, I hadn't been a week without diarrhea my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, was one of the funny? funniest. Th- I mean, it was a, people asked that about, was People probably think that that was set up. That, that, no, that, that was, was, that was, was actually a, wherever y'all were at, that's in our hometown. So <laughs> the wellness center was one of so uh, none of us like the thought of losing our hair. Uh, it happens uh, to guys. It hadn't happened so much to this particular no. group of individuals. We seem to have been blessed. I've got a little bald spot coming up in the middle. Lisa says because I wear caps all the time. You may be right. I do like to wear ball caps. Yours is more open, Dad. Maybe your head needs to breathe. I'm 73, so you'd think by now it'd either be gone or white. I dyed my beard black so the ducks wouldn't see me. Yeah, I dyed this brown. I was standing out in the brush. So hair loss is really not one of your major issues. I mean, Willie had a bald spot for years on the side of his head, and uh, you don't remember that? Mm-mm. Yeah, I pulled it out. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, and it just I got stayed down. It just stayed bald for like I'd say at least couple of years <laughs> and then it slowly i mean he needed if we'd had this product oh. it'd have been no problem well see willie needed keeps which is our, our yeah. friends who have this fda uh, hair treatment basically they replace the hormone you, you lose your hair because of hormone loss really oh. yeah well what i wonder if it or or your brother would pull your hair well, that's what i, I don't did. know that that fits into the hormone category yeah, you pull it out it's gone well i think it'll come back well yeah. it, willie's did at some point yeah so this may speed the process. What have you got to lose? So if you, you got a brother out there that's you, pulled your hair out, maybe you need to look into keeps. I don't know. You didn't see what I did there? No, oh, I missed that. What, what do you got it? to lose? <laughs> your hair. But we want to keep our hair. So our friends at keeps, uh, 90% effective. Uh, so here's what you do. Uh, you go free online doctor consult, because I want to make sure you do this the right way. You get 50% off your first order. Uh, you go to keeps.com slash door, D-O-O-R, keeps.com slash door, uh, and they're going to be able to save you some money and hopefully get you some hair back because it's a good deal. You walk through the door to hair. There you go. 
Nothing to lose except hair. See what I did there? Keeps.com slash door. <laughs> but I loved it because that was people asked about the showbiz script. I said, Sal was telling the truth. He just saw the sign and we all started laughing because he was like, Boys, I had never been a week without that room. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny. Yeah, I remember one those those TV crew one time I asked, we were in a gym and they were filming. And the sign said, uh, Shorts must be worn up, and the guy was like, "What? What is this sign on, on the gymnasium?" I was like, "Well, if you're playing, you know how them. Yeah, some people they their shorts are you, they're seeing they're behind. You know what I mean? It's sagging. Like, yeah, they you, you sagging. can't play ball with the shorts below the equator. Just thought it was a good good rule. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've seen them walking, uh, guys walking along the street, and they can only get, they only got one free hand." Because their other hand is having to hold their pants up on the front yeah, because I, they're I so low. If they let go, it's like when you take yours out, Dad. It's just straight to the straight to the floor. Yeah, that's the style. That is a style in our world. People they wear pants that it's impossible for them to stay up, and it's it's the style. so you're one handed. You know, you're, you well, you're, or you just say the heck with it. But why not just why why even put them on? Yeah, or why not just cinch it down? It's there's they're sending a message there. I'm gonna wear I'm not something sure what it is. that won't stay up. The message is I have to hold these pants up. <laughs> yeah, but Phil, there's a lot of people doing it. They it's yeah. a style. But duck hunting that'd be difficult because <laughs> you wouldn't have it one hand to shoot with. You duck call, you're blowing your duck call, and you hold your pants what? up with other. It's just not wise. Your, your pants. I don't have enough hand. hands to, to keep I'm my just pants up. To figure out why they're doing it. I, yeah. I can't really figure it out. That's you may know, but. Are you? Hey, that's a wacky world out there now. <laughs> so, so anyway, are we answering questions. Today? Yeah, we are. So anyway, yeah. Merry Christmas to everyone, and we hope you have a great uh, Christmas season. We will. We, you know, Robertson tradition. I guess it's because we have such a big Thanksgiving with dressing and ducks and fried turkeys and you know, kind of traditional foods that we kind of all decided on the Robertson uh, Christmas feast is always seafood dad usually fried shrimp or jace now um we do you know crab and crawfish balls which are delicious you know stuffed crawfish oh we eat we eat bone in ribeyes bone in ribeyes i I mean a lot of people get stuck on this one meal which we'll fry a couple turkeys for thanksgiving they're good gimmer does a good job that's my cousin but you know if you're going to eat why not eat the best of the best that's right well and that's one of the things that's obviously we can do but you know Looking back when Granny and Paul were alive, we did traditional same meal again. Remember, we ate it all of this well, before. This well, when has been we kind were of kids, a, you just ate whatever fish you caught. And well, and hope, just hope had a for different the best. prayer. Said, that's exactly right. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> or the giant fruitcakes. Do you remember every had. year Kay would say that we were so poor that we couldn't have any Christmas gifts? You oh, remember yeah. that? Oh, yeah. You did the same thing every year, and it, some, for some weird reason, it worked. Then when you got something, you were thrilled. well. You you would always get something, but you always thought. You but would. I will say this: back in I don't know if you remember this or not, Jace, but Dad, even before Dad was a Christian, the one thing I always remembered as a little boy was that he still valued Christmas itself. And so, when I was really really young, you you wouldn't remember because you were about three years old. But 
dad would take us to the movie on Christmas Eve. Oh, I remember that. You remember that? Look. And that happened all through the early 70s. You know what was funny? Is it wouldn't matter what the movie was rated. No, no. Look, we were watching. I remember uh, one one Christmas movie we watched, and we were the only people in the Oh, yeah, no matter who else goes to a movie on Christmas (laughs) Eve. it was Death Wish. (laughs) With Charles Bronson. (laughs) And look, I remember it because about 10 times during the movie, I would get head slapped, and when it'd be Kay's, look, she would put her hand over my eyes, not because of what was seen, but what she thought was fixing to happen. And look, then she would try to get over and cover my ears. You know, I'm like, why am I here? Because this is you're assaulting me during the movie. And this was way before Disney movies that were, you know, oh, yeah. every well, time it was whatever out. Phil wanted to go watch. Well, right, which was Charles Bronson, shoot him up, Clint Eastwood. Know? Uh, I do remember seeing uh, Big Jake. On a, on a Christmas Eve night, which I was a big John Wayne That was fan. a good tradition. It was a great tradition. You so you didn't even know you were tradition. Do you remember that? No. Nah. <laughs> how, how do you forget that? It, but we never forgot it. What, it. I guess what stood out to me was Dad was you know gone a lot. You know, you're young. Life goes on. But it was the one time I felt like you committed to us. Like, let's go all, well, yeah, go do you this would. as a family. You know, which look, was a big that deal. That movie was a dollar. Remember that East Gate? So it oh, yeah. One dollar. One dollar. And now you go there. Let me tell you something. A dollar is going to get you. They're going to call 911 <laughs> and get a cop to escort you out. It's $100 for popcorn, a drink, and two yeah. movie tickets. Oh, exactly. Oh. If you go to the regular one. So, yeah. anyway. Uh, yeah, we got. So, I wanted to. to uh, we got some questions in today I want to look at. And. Last time we we uh, answered some questions. Dad jammed one in at the end, but I I want to go back to that because uh, this was a great question that I thought. And so this is somebody from your Instagram, Jace. Doesn't have a name. Oh, uh, I remember that. So they left this uh, comment. So here's what they said. They said um, basically, if you're around a brother, around a Christian, and they're openly living not what Christ wants them to live, yeah. So, so he said you had quoted a text at some point about that you have to get away from people that you know are living a lifestyle away from God. So he just said, "I'm confused. Do we do we stay and help them? Do we get away from them?" But it, it, that's a good question. It brings I up know. that that it, it, that line that we all have about someone who is obviously not living the faith, and what do we do about that? Well, do you, do you stay or do you flee? I give him the text because you got to remember, I'm not going to sit somewhere and argue with you about biblical text. Uh, I I just read the text and you make up your own mind. The question was exactly what, Al? It was... uh, Basically, when do you you stay and when do you flee? In other words, can can you help somebody out of a bad situation... Or do you just say, you know what, I'm writing this off well, and I'm getting away I think before you read your verse, you got to preface this with God's grace can change anybody at any moment. That's right. At any time. That's and right. there have been people who have, you know, came to Christ and then lived like the devil and then eventually came back. I mean, God I've converted, is I've always conver- saying, you know. I've converted many, many, many that, you know, some of them I would say, in fact, this may help the, the, the person who asked the question. Uh, I've had conversations with people, and if they start to argue or get loud, I'll just say, hey, easy now, easy. Just think about it. I just give them the verses, and my admonition is always, just think about it. Don't get hostile here. 
I've had, I'm telling you, so many that I, I can't count them. Some have come back 40 years later, and they say, you remember me? Well, when I, when I was talking with them 40 years earlier, they were 19. Well, now they're 60. They said, you remember me? And then I'm like, no. Nope. I said, sometimes I'll say something like, your face kind of looks for me. I, I can't. Which means when no. I was nine, nice way to say no. They will say, when I was 19, this, is, this story is the same over and over and over. I was 19, and you shared Jesus with me, told me about Jesus. And I got a little mad and huffy about it because, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you don't. It said, but all you told me was to think about it. Well, I have. So I, I'm just telling you, now I'm ready. And I, and I, I had no way of remembering the conversation or the individual. And so many that, that it goes out the roof. But the question was, when do you, when do you say, uh, I'm running with the wrong bunch here. I need to back away from this particular group of people. Just remember this, Paul to the Corinthians. The context here is the gospel. And some people saying there was no resurrection. There's really not going to be. I mean, resurrection from the dead. Some are arguing about it. And he lines them out on that. Gets over toward the back, 1 Wait, Corinthians 15, 33. And he makes a very uh, true comment. So, you, so you'll understand, is there a time when you say, I need to back away from this person or this group of individuals I've been running with. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Now, if you take that, at face value, you say, bad company corrupts good character. You say, are these individuals that I'm running with, I, I, I don't want to be come, come across like I don't want anything to do with them. Just remember, if bad company corrupts good character, don't spend an inordinate amount of time running with bad company. Come back to your senses as you ought and stop sinning. For there are some who are ignorant of God. I say this to your shame because these people were running with individuals who were telling them there's no resurrection. You can't believe everything in the Bible, blah, blah, blah. And there it goes. That's one. That's 1 Corinthians 15, 33, which is a good one. Well, can I jump in and then you, you sure. go after me? Because you read 1 Corinthians 15. Yeah, I got about I think five. these people get this from 1 Corinthians 5. Because there was a situation at the Church of Corinth, Paul, full of the Holy Spirit, wrote him a letter. That was the that, second one I was going to mention. Go for it. All right. Well, they had uh, sexual immorality going on. Yep. And evidently they were saying it's not wrong. So Paul says an interesting thing in verse 9. He says, First Corinthians 5, 9, I have written you in my letters not to associate with sexual immoral people. Then he clarifies not at all meaning the people of this world who are immoral. We constantly run upon them. Right, or the greedy, unswindlers, or idolaters. In that case, you'd have to leave the world. But some people in, in religion, that's what they do. They're like, dig a hole, make you a cave, and stay there because yep. everybody's evil. But he's like, nope. But now I'm writing you that you must not associate with anyone who calls himself a brother 
But who is sexual, immoral, greedy, idolater, slander, a drunkard, or a swindler? With such a man don't even eat. Then, then this is a profound verse, verse 12 and 13. What business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? And there's a question mark. So it infers an answer, which would be what? What business is it of mine to judge those you, you outside You don't have the any business. It's none of your that. business doing that. That's there's right. There's one judge. It's God. That's right. And most people in the world don't realize. They're sinful people, and yeah. God will judge them, not you. And then most people don't realize this next verse. It says, God will judge those outside. Expel. Oh, oh, I skipped the part. Then it says, are you not to judge those inside? Well, what's the answer? What's the understood answer? Of yes. course. Of course. You've got a person saying, I love Jesus. He's number one in my life. But he's out there living in a way that's obvious. Because, you know, I, I bring up that Galatians five nineteen. It says... It's a list of sins, but the first phrase is really important. It says the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Right. It is always obvious when you're doing something that is in direct opposition to God. Yep. So you are supposed to go to that person and say, hey, I understand, you know, you're having, you're in this sexual relationship. Now you're doing this brother to brother. You're not doing this to somebody in the world. It's none of your business. There, you you preach Jesus to them. Say, yep. here's Jesus. He'll change the heart. But then they say, oh, no, it's fine. Me and God got something worked out. No, we, we've got a problem. He's claiming to live and represent God through Jesus and the Holy Spirit, but he's not. So Why are you there? It says to say, no, I'm not. Why are you on. there? The Apostle John, 1 John 3, verse 10 this is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. You say, he's fixed to tell you how you can know who they belong to. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, neither is anyone who does not love his brother. You say, if you're around people and as a pattern Day after day after well, day. It's obvious. Month. It's obvious. You say if you if filth is coming out of their mouth, I don't know how many I can tell you about that have walked up on me. I'm building duck calls way back, and I'd stop my machines. I'd sit down with them and, 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 and start into a Bible conversation. They came from somewhere to see me. So we're sitting there talking, and the cursing was coming out of their mouth. As soon as they found out when I started talking about Jesus coming in flesh, dying on a cross for you, dude, and was buried and raised. As soon as they start hearing that, worn out time after time after time, guess what Guess what? left about this fast? All the cursing stopped. They said, uh-oh, got run up on the wrong one. At first, they just thought I was some guy out there down here on the river building a duck cock along with whiskers. But once I went spiritual with them and started pointing them to Jesus, all their cursing dried up which told me that they can stop doing it. Yeah. That, that's a couple of things. Yeah, but I think that's the line that <clears throat> this uh, person is talking about is the line in being an influencer, which is what you described, a biblical influencer. In other words, you know, they came to you, they're talking, they don't know who you are yet, but then you decide, I'm going to influence them for Christ. Now, they have to make a decision then whether they're going to be like, oh, get away from that guy, he's crazy, religious nut, or I want to hear more. Yep. Versus being influenced by whatever's going on in your life, you 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 described as running with people. So that's you know that's I'm at work 
filthy language is going on. I don't say anything or I participate or I, you know, there's a, that's the line we're talking about here. That am I correct. an influencer or am I being influenced by that the culture? Correct. But I think a key factor for the question is how you respond to it. If somebody came to me and said, Hey, you know, if I'm in, in obvious immoral conduct and they said, Jesus wouldn't approve of that. Most people, if they love Jesus would say, you're right. I was wrong. Well, look, God forgives you. You And some people go public. That's what the response mm-hmm. is all about. I love it. Our church, people, they go down and they, whatever it is, they'll spell it out in graphic detail. And I've done it myself. And you know, nobody's thrown, they don't start throwing rocks. They say, we love you. We forgive. It's how you respond. Look, I, I when I was about in my early 20s, we were studying with a lot of people back then because most people that age are more open to Jesus. You know, the older you get, the less people were open to it. Well, there was a girl who we had brought to the Lord about a year before that. Her name kept coming up in the Bible studies that we were having. Because these, I mean, these people I was dealing with, they were running the bars and that, you know, we're talking about drugs, alcohol abuse. And, you know, they were sleeping with somebody different every other night. And well, they kept saying, they said, well, one of the girls that, that y'all baptized, I, I saw her at the bar the other night. Well, I didn't make a big deal of it because I'm like, what's I got to do with you? You know, I'm sharing Jesus. But when I saw that girl, I I said, look, I've gotten some reports. Now, I didn't go investigate. I'm not a policeman. I'm just studying with lost people, and they keep bringing your name up, saying they're seeing you you at the bars. And she was like, wasn't me. Well, about a week later, I'm studying with somebody else. Same girls. I just saw that girl, you know, at the bar the other night. So... I told Missy one night, I think it was New Year's Eve, I said, you know, that's bothered me that people keep saying that, and she keeps denying it. And I was thinking about that First Corinthians 5. We didn't have a lot going on. I was like, because they, they kept saying the specific bar. I said, let's go drive that bar and just sit out in the parking lot and see if we see her. Granted, it's not something I would do now, but <laughs> <laughs> so look, we go over there. Of course, it was packed. I was sitting there maybe two minutes. And guess who comes stumbling out? The girl and one of the girls we had studied with in the past week. I thought, you have got to be kidding me. I opened the door and Missy's like, where are you going? I said, oh, I'm going to go talk to her. So I, I said, I wasn't going to go in there, but I'll talk to her. And so when I walked up to her, look, when she looked at me, that her face fell. I mean, just like, oh, crap. And I thought, well, I guess I know now. And I really wasn't, you know, I loved her, and I it was disappointing, but we had had a situation. So, look, I get back home. She calls me and cusses me out. How dare you judge me, you know, come up there and, you know, looking for me. And Well, to make a long story short, the next week, guess where she was at? The church building, front walking down front, front row, her head buried on my shoulder saying, I'm sorry. And, look, that, that was... 30 years ago, and she's still to this day. Oh, yeah, she meets, and it's been bumpy. It's a struggle. But it wasn't really about judging. It was about responding. We have an accusation here that you are obviously not living for Jesus. But when we confronted her, she denied it. Now, if she hadn't have come around, well, we would have had to make a decision. And and when people would have asked about her, I would have said, you know what? We We don't run with her. Because she is living the opposite of what she says. So, and so she's let me let me it. contrast that with another story. 
<clears throat> this is our young, our younger brother, Jep. So Jep had a period of time where he was in the world. He was still at church or connected to the church, but he obviously wasn't living as a Christian. So he goes into a bar just to show you the difference, Jason, your purpose for going into that bar versus Jep. So Jep goes in with Zach and some of his buddies. When he goes in, he sees some other people from church, <laughs> yeah, which is what happens. You know, he looks around, there's like yeah. four or five other guys from church. One of them is a young guy that we've been working with our whole life. He's still around. But he looked when Jet walked up, and the reason I remember this is Jet said this had a huge impact on him later. He looked at Jet and he said, "Man, we're so glad you're here. We need you here." <laughs> well, what he, you know, and Jet said at first he didn't know what he meant, but later he realized what that meant. He was your son. He was my brother. I was preaching for the church at the time. Jace was one of our leaders. Willie was one of the, he was the college age leader. All these leaders at the church, here was our younger brother. And he looked at him and said, we need you here. He knew, Jep knew what that meant. That means we need you here for cover. Because that means we're okay being here if you're here. But Jep said that didn't leave him. I mean, it bothered him because he got to thinking, wait a minute. Is this what I'm doing? I'm on now? the wrong I'm, team. So I'm man. on the wrong team. So when he came to repentance, he went back to that guy. You, you know, he told me this later. And he said, you don't need to be going in places like that, and neither do I. Yep. It convicted him. So the what I, the reason I'm bringing the story is it shows you the two things. I mean, Jeb was in there for a completely different reason. He was a part of the group there, and one of them acknowledged that and said, you're providing cover for us. You know, you're a church – you're the son of a church leader. So I think that shows you the line I'm talking about by being an influencer, birth, being influenced, you know, and being yep. changed by it. You don't want to – you don't want to be in the crowd – of people who who don't care about Jesus. At the same time, we've worked for so many, we're to be patient with them. And uh, but all scriptures God breathe. It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God be our woman be be thoroughly equipped. Second Timothy three sixteen for every good and work. seventeen. So we take the scriptures and we're trying that we we use them to teach people, and we're patient with them. When they fall, we say, get back up, let's go, you're covered, you're under the grace of God, you can make it, let's let's go. So, And it's just an ongoing thing, and some of them, it's a continual effort for 30, 40 years, some it's for two or three weeks, and a month, or two months, or one year, or five years, it's different times. But now, if you just, uh, what you say, what about doctrinal positions that people hold, and then you bring up Jesus and they're into Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam, and all that. Well, you got a reading over in 2 John. This is John the Apostle. He, uh, 2 John's a little book, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, over in your Bible. Then is Jude, then Revelation. So look it up. Here's John the Apostle. Many deceivers, this is written in the first century, mid-first century. Many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh, have gone out into the world. We have a position there. We run upon a group of individuals who will say, God didn't become a human. God didn't become, oh, are you crazy? I mean, how could that have? And they're arguing with you about it. Any such person is the deceiver and the antichrist. Watch out that you do not lose what you have worked for. You say, watch out that you don't lose what you've worked for. We got a person saying, Jesus didn't come in flesh, and you've run up on him, he or others. But that you may be rewarded fully. 
Anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of Christ, beginning with he was God in flesh, does not have God. Whoever continues in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. Don't mess with the teaching that God became flesh and his name is Jesus. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, that Jesus was God in flesh. Do not take him into your house or welcome him. Anyone who welcomes him shares in his wicked work. Now, I'm just reading the people that's asked the questions. I'm just reading them an answer to you say, when do you say, uh, what do you think about Jesus? And they're like, I don't believe it. He didn't come down in no way. Well, you say, look, I would say, just think about that. Might ought to check into the Bible and you read about him, you'll figure it out. And then I'm on down the road. But I'm not inviting him to my house. Well, and I think that. it's no. saying right. you don't approve. You're not approving of that. I mean, it doesn't mean you don't love him. doesn't mean you don't help him. doesn't mean you won't give him a meal. But you're drawing the line of distinction. I mean, that's a, you know, at some point when you have a Bible study, all these people, even including us, were in that camp. That's right. And so... You have a purpose, but he's more, it's like you're not having them in your home saying, oh, it doesn't matter. It That's fine. that Because you're then giving approval. You know, Ephesians 5 says don't be partners with them. Well, there's a difference in saying, yep, this is, so you, you find creative ways. Because you got to remember, Jesus. we live in an era on the, on the spiritual side, supposedly. I call it the era of Oprah because it's probably been about 30 years going on now, where the philosophy is all roads lead to salvation. In other words, if everybody just has their own conviction, their own truth, at the end of the day, we're and their all, own truth well, and their own God. Up our culture. And we're you all, all going to be out. fine. That's right. No figure problem. And then we come along and say, wait a minute. Jesus said there's only one path to salvation, and it's through me. And so that's why we point people to him. So I think that's our purpose. So to, to but, but on the other side of that, Al, there are religious people who take what Phil just read yeah. and they become mean. Yeah. Somewhere or another, they lost all the passages about loving, you know, everybody, loving your neighbor. That's a good one. Because they're like, oh, well, that guy don't believe in Jesus. So I'm I'm burning the bridge right mm-hmm. here. Well, there has to be room for God's grace or none of us would ever be converted. And to me, that's what gives religion a bad name because they take one little verse and they detach it from the rest of everything else and they're just like, no, and that eventually they're 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 living in we the cave. Debate, we debated with the Islamist, uh, oh, it's been years ago. Uh, uh, who was a brother over at Jackson Street? Deluki. Deluki debated him, and they said Jesus was not God in flesh. Jesus did not die on a cross for the sins of the world. Jesus was not buried and raised from the dead, and Jesus didn't return to heaven. Is seated at the God's right hand. They took the scriptures and said, nope, none of that happened. Then they talk about Muhammad. So the debate lasted about two hours, and you say, did anybody, did you win anybody out of that? Did you win it over any of the Islamists? Not a one. They gave their argument for Islam. We gave our argument for Jesus, and we went on down the road. I didn't love them any less. We just had a discussion, 
and we would give them the scriptures. They would have the Quran, and they would give their scriptures about Muhammad, and we would give ours about Jesus. So we had basically a a free for all. So you'd but say debates weren't that effective in trying to reach. They were not affected at all. Well, effective at all. I mean, I I'm always interested in them, but it just doesn't seem right. <laughs> Parable of the sower, four kinds of people hear the gospel of Jesus. He becoming flesh, dying on the cross, being buried, the message, the planting the seed. You know, the farmer sows it. Some don't get it, don't understand it. The evil one snatches away what was sown in their heart. The second kind embrace it, but they quickly fall away because of the world, the temptations or whatever, or persecution. They're in, you look around, they're gone. The third kind, that's two out of two, they're out. And the third kind, according to Jesus, are the ones that the seed was planted in the thorns. They don't mature and grow up. So he's already told us some just don't make the cut. Well, that's three out of three, parable of the sower. Everybody can read it. And the fourth one, though, with a good and honest heart, when the seed is planted, they produce a crop, some 30, 60, 100 times what was sown. So one out of four, not good odds, but that was Jesus talking, not me. So you can read the parable of the sower. Here's another one about uh, the last days. We've been in them since Jesus came. Uh, that's Hebrews 1, if you want to read it. Verse, first three or four verses in Hebrews 1. But this is over in 2 Timothy 3. Here's another one. Mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. So here's what you have. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, They'll be boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, uh, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. You could stop there and say, good night, Phil. That's that's half of America or more. Uh, I'm just giving you the text that was written in about the mid-first century. They have a form of godliness, but denying its power. Then there's this, this little statement, not mine. This is what the apostle Paul told Timothy, an apostle writing to a preacher. Have nothing to do with them. They're the kind... The, who worm their way into homes and gain control over weak-willed women. They're loaded down with sins, and they're swayed by all kinds of evil desires, always learning, but never able to acknowledge the truth. So you read those texts like that because the question was, uh, when does a, does a, what do you say, uh, uh, how do you get... Uh, they don't go to church. What was, what how, do you, was the, how do you know when to well, it's, not? How, how do you know when to say, you know? Safely. Well, it's like when you read that verse, it, what popped into my head, Missy's grandma, one of her grandmas who's since died, she had a guy she met at church who was a little younger than she was. I mean, she was, she was up there. She was in her high 80s. All of a sudden, he meets her at church, not, not around here, but, you know, living way off. And befriends her and starts helping her and taking her to the doctor and just listening to her stories and well you know i was a little dubious of that because i was like well why would somebody do that you know but he was such a great help to her 
that most of you know her family was like, well, this is awesome, you know. That, it's taking time. Well, because it was helping them having because she needed some help. You either put her in her home, or here God, you know, it seemed like God sent this this guy. Well, after a couple of years of this, they look up, you know, one night he's gone, stole everything she got. You know, figured out a way to get her to sign over all her, you know, the yeah. money she had in the bank. And I just thought about that. He he was at church every Sunday. He carried around, acted like a servant. I think when you read those passages, these are the types of people that it's referring to because you really wouldn't have known it. It was so perfect. His speech was so good. He knew the Bible. He was there. He was singing. Yep. He was helping. Yep. But he was in a setting where it was all a big hustle. Yeah. Well, that guy's going to be hard to reach. Yep. You know, this is not the guy you need to be running with. Here's the way I've arranged my <laughs> schedule to answer the woman's question or the man who said, who do you run with? Who do you not run with? When do you say, uh, how could you say you God so love the world if he loves everybody? Y'all supposed to love everybody. I do. But just think about this. Here's my current lifestyle. You say, do you, are you in company with a lot of people in the world who are full of sins all the time? But when I'm in their company, I have this Bible in front of me, and they're seated right there, and I've got the floor. They can tell their story as much as they want to. They can get up and leave when they want to. They can say, I don't want to hear any of this. I ask them to sit down. Miss Kay will line somebody up. They'll come down every week, every week, every week. The ungodly come. When I go out to speak, I'm speaking. There's a big audience. You say, well, you know, is anybody out there, you know, is any of you uh, guilty of sin? You know, sometimes they all raise their hand. Anybody in here has never sinned, made a mistake in their life? Most of the time, their hands are down. I'm speaking to godly and ungodly. They're in groups. So I just deliver it, tell them that God loves them, I love them, and here's the message, and I'm on down the road. Because you can't see the heart, you know? But every day, I'm not, no, I'm letting God save them. Yeah. I can't save them. I'm just okay. giving them the message. I preach the gospel on down the road. Now, day to day, you say, do you run with the ungodly? No. They may come down two or three day period, visit something, we line up something, and I'm around them two or three days, preach the gospel to them, and they're on about their way. Some are converted, some are not. But the people in my inner circle is Miss Kay, y'all's mother, y'all, <laughs> the cameramen here who are good, godly guys. <laughs> you say, do you run with the ungodly? No, you got that down. At, at any time. That. And but you I'll also say, it helps when you live at the end of civilization as we know it. <laughs> well, there's I a, didn't. I didn't just stagger down here. Yeah. <laughs> I came down here on purpose. People look, don't drive by your house. You know why? Because if they do, they, the, they run in the, river. in the river. Yeah, I deal with the ungodly. If they know me, they'll watch their mouth around me. If they don't know me, they'll start cursing, and I'll figure out a way to start telling them about Jesus to see if I can convert them so the filth will dry up or they're talking about women and their profanities coming out right. of them. You see what I'm saying? So I, if if yeah. I were succinctly pulling this together uh, to close this out, it would be that when Jason and I were in school, they taught us there was a phrase they used. It was context is king. And so when you're studying the Bible, you understand the context of what's being written. I think when we live our lives, context is king. Dad moved down here on the river 
originally to get away from his old drinking buddies that is and the correct. people he used to run with. I withdrew from him. He withdrew from him. But over the over the last 45 plus years, it's amazing how many people come down Thousands. Here. Thousands have come here to be influenced and impacted by the gospel. That is correct. So there is a time to flee. And there is a time to impact and share Jesus, which is all the time. So hopefully that helped you, uh, uh, whoever you are. Thank you for the question and all the other questions. We got some really good ones uh, that we want to deal with. Uh, I love it. Keep sending them. Uh, keep replying on wherever you watch the, the podcast because uh, we're getting them and uh, we're working them into the slot to talk about them. It's a great way to discuss the Bible. So uh, thank you for uh, tuning in to Unashamed. Uh, Merry Christmas, and uh, we'll see you next time. We are so glad you're watching and listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Be sure to like us on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube and iTunes. That's going to keep you up to date with all the new episodes, and it's also going to let other people find out about our podcast. So keep spreading the word and watching and listening to Unashamed with Phil Robertson.